Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. <clears throat> You're listening to the Sands Pants Network. Home of comedy, <laughs> culture, adventures, and ghosts. Hello and welcome to Scaredy Boys, a podcast where three cowardly friends discuss horror movies. I'm Damien. I'm Sean. And I'm Tom. And for this episode, we watched Fear Street 1978. Fear Street 1978 is a 2021 American slasher film directed by Lee Janiak, based on the book series of the same name by R.L. Stein, and is the second instalment in the Fear Street trilogy. In dire need of help and answers, Dina visits the reclusive C. Bergman, who tells her about her experience in 1978 when, against the backdrop of the endless feud between the teenagers of Shadyside and Sunnyvale, and the centuries-spanning curse of the doomed witch Sarah Fear, a spate of brutal axe murders terrorise the unsuspecting campers of Camp Nightwing. Boys. Yes. I tell you what, you know what was a good time? The fucking 70s, baby. (laughs) (laughs) This is the best Friday the 13th movie we've watched so far. (laughs) Easily. Easily. How good are summer camps for murder movies? Like, it's such a good choice. Yeah. How could you go to a summer camp? Like, why would you do (laughs) it? It's, yeah. I've never been compelled to do it. Actually, I will tell you, my sister was going to be a a counsellor at one. Right. Years ago, when she, probably five years ago, she moved to, um, she was living in America. Hmm. And she went to be one. And I reckon they're all cursed because the day before all the kids showed up, the council's like testing all the different equipment and they had like a flying fox thing, a zip right. line. She tested that, shattered her like ankle and knee. Holy oh, shit. Absolutely fucked it up. Fuck. These places are cursed. She's lucky that happened because if she stayed yeah. till the you know be dead. the next day would have been would have been slashed. Yeah. Touch of the deaths. So yeah, that's pretty good. Well, Dom, yep. my my cousin Dom, he yep. did it for years. He was a camp counselor over in the States. Um mm. still alive, still kicking. That's good. Didn't tell me about any murders, but then Maybe he was the murderer. <laughs> <laughs> and he did. We need to find out the name of that camp I, and just I, see yes. if the first result you Google is camp whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he just fucked off back to Australia every year and went back to it. God, he's Jason. Psychotic Australian man, escapes police clutches. He's the most wanted man in the world. <laughs> The, the summer camp thing, I think, is especially foreign right. to us because we have like summer things, 
But I don't think because our summer falls over Christmas, you don't really like mm. go off. Like I, I've gone to like nippers and stuff, and like surf life saving, and there's like, I'm right. doing, like my bronze medallion, and it was like a yep. week long camp over summer. Yeah, and that was probably about the most mm. summer camp. I know people that I've done like Bible camps. <laughs> I, I did like oh, yeah, scout boy. camp, like the Cubs. Yeah, I did scout camp yeah, too. Yeah. Cubs. Yeah, but they feel like a weekend, not like because like, summer camps like. Three weeks, right? I think it can be longer. I think it'd be for months. Because it's pretty much they get like- The whole summertime. Yeah. Like in America, they get three months or whatever at the end of year break. And they the parents are like, fuck, well, we've got to work because the parents don't get holidays in America. Or they get two True. weeks or something bonkers. So then, yeah, well, the kids get shuffled off to summer camp. And that's where they stay until school starts again. It is wild because like in our summer, like Tom said, it is Christmas time. And yeah, like I would go camping around that time, but it's with your family. Because people, everyone's got time yeah. off. <laughs> right. Like, just right. never had this, like, yeah. yeah, it's like a boarding school summer camp type situation. Right. That's what it seems like to me. And, like, look, if there's any American listeners that I've got it well fucking wrong, please correct me. But that's, yeah, that was always my understanding of it, is that they're there for quite some time. Yeah. So, I've just, I'm on the website called um, americansummercamps.com. <laughs> okay. Not americansummercampmurders.com. <laughs> no, that's a different website. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, yeah. But the options are, like, you know, anytime from two weeks to seven. Yeah. And I think seven is about like the longest okay. you can find. So a bit shorter than I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. Seven's still quite a bit. That's still quite it's, a bit. It's significant. The average is about three to four. Okay. Um, so you have a couple of weeks to like settle in, a couple of weeks to enjoy it sort of thing. But seven weeks is just like, what I love is that this is clearly a website advertising their summer camp. And they're like, you know, two weeks is really good and three to four weeks is great. Seven weeks is unparalleled. <laughs> like, pay the Pay the full amount, come and do our summer camp. Yeah. Yeah, it's there's a big thing here of Australians. Um, I know just through my own work mm. back in the day, being a lifeguard, heaps of people from my work who are like swimming teachers. Sorry, Tom, being a being a hero. <laughs> you can't see, but Sean and I are just saluting nonstop right now. <laughs> I look good in red speedos, boys. Um, <laughs> Highly visible for sharks. Absolutely. So they know where to where to come yeah. and meet me. Um, come and have a little nibble on your surfboard. And I'm, I don't mean the one you're writing on. <laughs> uh, uh, cause of death, shark blowjob. Um, so- <laughs> so, yeah, they'd go over to America oh, because fuck. we've got beaches and swimming lessons yeah. and they would be lifeguards and swim teachers at, at summer camps. And we're like, oh, it was great. But um, the concept of like, like I remember school camps and they're kind of fun. I, I just imagine like how filthy... You would be mm. by like week. Two, oh, imagine the food! Right. You would fucking hate it. I'll, I'd love the food. No, you wouldn't. Not a, it'd be like having airline food for fucking seven weeks. <sighs> Maybe you tell you what, you wouldn't be shitting good for seven weeks. <laughs> it'd change. It'd change the shits for the rest of your life, probably. Yeah, you'd never shit good again. <laughs> <laughs> That's the real camp massacre. <laughs> the plumbing. I reckon it'll differ between camps. I reckon there'll be like high end camps that get a fucking chef in or whatever. Oh yeah, and oh, there'll sure. be the, the dirty low end ones that we, that we would end up at. That, yeah. You know, wouldn't have any of that. <laughs> yeah, rich, rich, rich kid camps. Have you ever seen um, Wet Hot American Summer? And there's like the shitty camp, and then across the road there's like Camp Tiger Claw that all like the prep school kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. Like a sailing club, and yeah, like those things would be real. But yeah. Look, I'm gonna keep doing some research, boys, or we actually maybe talk about the movie for a sec. Um, I'm gonna find the most rich su- summer camp. Okay, you do that. I've got one more question about camps. What's that movie? I think from the '90s, early 2000s. Heavyweights. Well done. Yeah. Fucking hell, Sean. It's- oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that was incredible, Sean. Nah, it's always on my mind. Love it. It's one of the classic. 
Ben Stiller, the most unhinged performance yes. of his life. Yes, yes. Yeah. Fuck, I, we should rewatch that. That's, oh, it's uh, that's a chaser. <laughs> yeah, that's a chase and a half. Yeah. I wonder if it's one of those ones where watching it's not going to be a good time <laughs> or probably. it's going to be amazing. It probably sucks shit now, but yeah. If I have a few whiskeys, I know I'll love it. Yeah. I know I will. But I think in heavyweights, there is a like a good camp across the river as well, I'm right. pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There always is. Yeah. In those movies, there's always a shit kicker camp and a and a and a rich boy camp. Yeah. yeah. Um I've discovered there's a camp that you can go to called Camp Laurel in Maine. Mm. I don't know if this is for like how much time this is for. Um, but it is twelve grand. Whoa. Here we go. I found the rarest the most expensive summer camps in the world. Junior uh team camp Switzerland. Fancy. So it's in Switzerland, obviously. Mm. It's in the name. Yep, there it is. Yep. You would hope it's there. It is about... <laughs> it's in like Arizona in the desert. <laughs> For the full course of six weeks, it is 16K oh. to 19K. Oh. oh. Well, I wonder Christ. what the, the three grand bump is. Yeah. Well, there's one in New yeah. York that's 14,000 and that's seven weeks and that is Raquette Lake. But that's all American dollars. That's like yeah. double for us. Yeah. That's yeah. fucked. Boys, we're in the shit kicker camp. Yeah. Well, speaking of like the the underdog camp and like the preppy camp, something that surprised me about this one, we've obviously got Shady Side, we've got Sunny Vale. Yeah, I can't believe they're sharing a camp. Yeah, that's despicable, really. <laughs> I can't believe Shady Side even has a camp. Yeah, I imagine it's a deal that they did where like to to where Sunny Vale as part of their, like community service let Shady Side come to their <laughs> yeah. camp. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean they've got to have someone to bully the fuck out of the whole yeah. thing. So yeah. yeah, yeah, it starts off very cooked. It starts off cooked. They for sure, yeah. They want to set her on fire. Yeah. It's an insane starting. Well, like, I want to go back a step because I want to give the history of us watching these movies. We obviously adored the first one. Yep. Which we watched possibly six months ago. Yeah. So, in the previous ep, we talked about how we're going to watch this, we're going to watch this ne- the next one next week. We pretty much the first, we watched the first one the day it came out, basically. They're obviously getting released uh, weekly. And our plan was to keep watching them weekly uh, and record weekly. And now it's been six months later because Melbourne went back into a fucking fucked off lockdown. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's funny coming back into these movies because I forgot how insane the first one was, like how fast paced, how they yeah they threw a lot at you very quickly. Rah, rah, rah. So to tie it back to you talking about this opening, yeah, it comes in so hard like it doesn't waste a second to be like hey we're just gonna burn a girl for no real reason just because we're we are like in this movie the preppy people are burning people that's <laughs> yeah. that's how it kicks off you know that's a great point because if you if we'd watch these back to back when they're trying to set her on fire at the start mm. not 10 minutes earlier in the film series we would have seen someone's head go through a bread slicer exactly yeah. so that the fire thing wouldn't have really shocked us nah, but nah. i think it just did because of the the time in between yeah yeah but also, I think because that's just a normal person. Right. Like, <laughs> right, yeah. The, the bread slicer thing happens at the climax of the film, fighting undead a monster, serial, mm. yeah, monsters. Basically, yeah. this is just maybe hey, baby mate. boys, maybe boys. The real monster <laughs> is teenage girls. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure the last episode you said the real monster was uh, inequality. <laughs> well, you know what, boys? Again, the real monster is. Inequality. <laughs> okay. I'm looking forward to what uh, episode three brings in terms of the real monster. Um, but, well, even for the first one, to, to sort of compare the two, obviously in the first one we get introduced to a character, she's fairly likable, and then she gets brutally murdered. So even for this one I'm thinking, fuck, are we actually going to watch them 
burn her alive, except for the fact that she's the girl from Stranger Things. So I figure, well, probably not. <laughs> but maybe, but no, I don't know. To be fair, they did that to us in literally the first movie as well. Right, exactly. She's right. the girl from Stranger Things and she got brutally murdered. Right, of course she is. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it <laughs> okay. actually would have been on brand had she have been set on fire. Right, okay. Well, they missed a the clue there because they should have just burned her. I would have respected it. Yeah, you, yeah fair enough. Um, so, yeah, look, I because I, we watched this one together, which was a lovely time, and that, uh, that was an enjoyable experience. I don't know that I love this one as much as the first one. No, I don't, th- I don't think I love the characters as much. Mm. It's, it was still great, and I had a good time, and yep. it was fun and gory and goofy and seventies. Yep. But uh, yeah, I don't think I loved these characters as much as the as the ragtag group from the mm. first film. Yes, that's the biggest problem. I think. I think it's just I, my issue. I think, and I, this has grown a bit in the time since mm. we've watched it. Is just the structure of the way they've chosen to do it. It's just this this whole film. The second part is a flashback, right? And we're so, or I personally, I'm so heavily invested in the Dina character mm-hmm. from the first film. I really would have loved to have jumped back and forth between, um, what's uh, Gillian Jacobs' character's name? C. Berman. Yeah, between her telling them the story. Like, I, I always think back to that thing James Cameron talked about on the first Terminator, mm-hmm. where he's like, the best way to tell exposition is on the run. So everything you learn about the about Skynet and all that shit in Terminator is Sarah Connor learning that while running away right. from a robot yeah, yeah. that's trying to kill her. Might have been cool to keep cutting back to Gillian Jacobs telling them the history and telling them this flashback story mm. while being chased by some of the oh, monsters that's quite or something. Good. Because it was just too too long a time away from the character that I think is obviously the central one to this yeah, story. Yeah. She's barely in number two, and that it just suffers because of that. Yeah. I think. Now that's that would be cool actually yeah. to to flash back to them and like you know the story's going and you could do that cool thing where like someone's head explodes, but it's a shotgun being fired in the through a doorway. Right, right. There you go. In the present yeah, and they've, yeah. they've got to leave. They've got to go somewhere else. And she, while they're running away, she can be filling them on the yeah, on, yeah. On the story because there's already how many how many like monster things are there four. Yeah, four of them. Mm. So you could you could really space that out throughout the film. I just think you got to keep cutting back to Dina. Yeah, yeah. Gillian Jacobs as well. I just the character actually disappointed mm. me overall because she just wasn't wasn't that strong. I yeah, thought. that's fair. That's fair. I think for your flashback idea as well, you've got Sam who's basically turned into a monster. Yeah, they could easily have it that she gets loose and they've got to run while also trying to restrain her again. Yeah. It would have made it more exciting. It's not really a film that needed to be quicker paced because mm. like things were happening constantly. Yep. But I just I I missed the Dina character right. and, and the brother as well. The brother is never as good as he was in the first film for me. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, obviously, just he doesn't get the time. Also, sorry. One more one more funny thing about it is this is jumping ahead to the end. But you get to the end, and is it the brother that says to her, "Oh, so you're Ziggy?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that that big reveal, which isn't really a reveal, but it's that sort of implies that she has been explaining the story to them. <laughs> In third person. <laughs> no, no, no. So, like, Sean, in the way that... that's the twist for the audience. Right. That's the twist for the audience. It doesn't need to be the twist for the that's characters. true, dude. Yeah. The, the way the movie works, though, Sean, is she's told the story and they've just, like, looked into the middle distance and they've just seen exactly what's <laughs> unfolding. That's what you do. <laughs> yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Actually, sorry, isn't the brother also, like... In, um, I can't remember the first one mm. now, but doesn't he have all the things yeah, up he's on the his expert wall? On like, he's real obsessed with yeah, yeah, yeah. So, wouldn't he know... Who had died and who well, had he, survived? No, he just knew her as C. Berman because that's written in the article. I just knows yeah, the yeah, initial. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, I guess okay. they got that from his yeah. research. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which yeah. look, I do love the. I do love the little. I, I did like that little. Which one is it? Because you've got mm. Cindy Berman, but they're clearly focusing a lot on Ziggy. But they also give them by about halfway through. They give them equal story yeah, time. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so, thought it was quite quite well done because like the three of us had basically said, "Oh, what do we reckon is uh, Ziggy C Berman?" But they've tried to throw us. But then by the end of it, we we're kind of like, "Oh, maybe it's a double bluff," and actually, no, it is Cindy. And yeah, it, like they've set it up. They dragged it out long enough that I doubted myself because the whole way through, I looked at the Stranger Things girl who was playing Ziggy, mm. and I thought that to me seems more like a Jillian Jacobs type than the other girl. I think right, right. But yeah, they dragged it on for so long that I was like, I actually don't know what they're going to do, yeah, yeah. and it's starting to really. <laughs> well, they actually gave a clue in the episode for you to figure it out. So Ziggy is called Ziggy, which is like obviously um, Ziggy Stardust refers to Bowie's persona that he had at the, at the same time in the seventies. And then her dog is called Major Tom. Her dog uh, in the present. Ah, in in the present. Yeah, that's good. Do you know? There you go. Do you know what was a really fucking cool detail that I fucking loved is the idea of the final girl after the killings have stopped, and she's mm. just. A mess, and she's broken. Got yeah, all of yeah. those clocks and alarms that tell her yeah, when she has yeah. to do stuff because she just is constantly just reliving the worst day of her life, mm. just zoning out into, I guess, nineteen seventy eight constantly, and yeah. has to be brought back with alarms. I just that was a really nice kind of touch, and I guess it makes you go, "Well, what the fuck? Like, how bad was it?" And mm. look, pretty fucking bad. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I. I <laughs> I, I can't help but think, you know, obviously, Sean, you're talking about how you want to see Dina more and all that sort of stuff. I think if we actually took this one out of the, the trilogy and watched it as a standalone movie without any real, you know, connection to the other two, I think it actually holds up really quite well. Like we said, it yeah. genuinely we liked it yeah. far more than any of the uh, Friday the 13th movies. Yep. So, like, I think it actually did quite a lot really well. And I'll, I'll pose the question, were we scared? And answer it. Because, yes, I like yeah. I was scared. like Big yeah. time. Even, yeah. even though it's a flashback, the stakes are arguably lower because it is a flashback. Well, but you know, you know, someone, you know that there's two sisters and she has prefaced the story with my sister died. Right. And so you know both of them can't yeah. survive. Yeah. And they give you equal reasons to care about both of them. If I'm honest, I cared about Cindy more. I agree. Um, I agree, yeah. because yeah. It, And maybe that's the point, is you care about Cindy more so then when she is the, spoilers, if she is the C. Berman who dies, mm. like that that kind of, I guess, breaks your heart. But yeah, I, there's, there's some fucking scary shit where going into fucking tunnels and mm. no thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we've got that holdover fear where in part one they, they showed you little flashes of all the all yes. the different monsters. Oh, yeah. And you know, and they come. Like that's that is the worst that's the scariest part of the film, I think. When they're in the field at the end and they just mm. they kinda of, like remind me of the creature from It Follows and that it's just inevitable. Yep. They're just gonna keep coming at you, sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. And it's it's way more again. I don't know why I was surprised by how graphic that scene <laughs> right. was because of what we saw in part yeah. one. But this was much worse. Just the stabbing again and again oh and again God. for two characters. Yep. It's fucked. It's absolutely yeah. fucked. So, yeah, to go a bit deeper into that. So, that's the the two Bergman sisters, Berman sisters. And it was so... They basically both get killed. So, they actually even do a triple bluff on you because there is no doubt they're both dead. Yeah. So, obviously, one of them ends up getting revived. But realistically, <laughs> I, I find that... Yeah, insane. <laughs> because they keep holding on the stabbing... So much. It was so hard to watch because it just like literally, I think one of us, me probably, but, but screamed out at the screen to literally just fucking, oh my God, stop it. Like stop. <laughs> and they'll just cut to one sister and she's getting, okay, may, like she's getting stabbed to the absolute max. Cut back to the other sister. Okay. Maybe she's got it. No, oh no. She's now been brutally brutal. Like 
to the, yeah. and then cut back to the other sister. Oh, good, yeah. we're gonna get get another few yeah. more shots of the. And now he's licking them. Great. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, that dirty oh. creepo fucker. Oh, that's that's. I think the worst thing is. I think boys, we all from that first film. You see a lot of scary fuckers. Mm. The first film, the creepiest one is clearly um, Ruby Lane. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. little sing song creepy yeah. eyes. Yeah, she's creepy. But we saw in the little flash of all the bad things, there are two that are awful. There is Milkman. Yeah, and then there is. Creepy boy. Yeah. And the idea that we were going to have to fucking see Creepy Boy or Milkman and then we saw them, mm. no good. Terrible. No good. Awful. I lived in perpetual fear mm. knowing that that movie was like, we're going to show you one of these cunts yeah. soon. Yeah. Gave you both. I felt sick. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like That's that's what this movie does well. I think like there's two things that the first one did really well that I think this one also succeeds at. One is having the multiple killers that are so hard to kill. Like basically even... Um, the axe wielder, they basically kill him twice. Yeah. But of course, that doesn't mean fuck all. So like, it's that, which is again, that first movie did that same beat where it's like, no, they're smart, they're doing well, they kill them and then it doesn't even matter. Mm. And then the other thing I think it does well is like having the multiple murderers for sure is really terrifying. But like we kind of talked about, like taking these characters that were like, this is how you and I in particular felt for the first film, Sean, yeah. where- some of the shady side people were like, oh, they're a bit shit, they're a bit lame, whatever. Like, But then they actually turn out to be pretty all right. Like, you know, the guy who had some self-love in the first movie. <laughs> Tom's and then, boy. Tom's boy. <laughs> and then we learn, you know, he's fucking worker of the month every month because he's looking after his family. Yep. I found this one did the same thing with the character of Alice where we see her. Obviously, she's smoking all the time. She's a bit of a pothead with her boyfriend. Having sex, listening to Cherry Bomb. <laughs> listening to Cherry Bomb like a mad thing. And then they kind of like do that great thing of like, I want to say turning her good, but it's not even that. It's actually just giving the shades that were actually already there that we just didn't know about. Yeah. Like yeah. giving that perspective. And it's the same thing we talked about in the first episode where it's like they've all been haunted by living in Shadyside and having their parents be so broken and all these kinds of things that you know, they're, if they're a bit shit in some capacity, yeah. there's a very good reason for it. And like even for Cindy, like I love that she was a bit shit. She was obviously like we could see the, the fact that she'd like basically abandoned her friend Alice was being a bit of a shit big sister to Ziggy. And then basically we like, no, no, she just did all that because her parents were so shit. She felt that she had to get serious. She had to do whatever she could to make sure that she could get out of the town and all that sort of crap. Yeah, well, that, yeah, that, that whole speech she gives where she's like, there's, there, we're stuck. Like you can't get out. I tr- like, oh, it's heartbreaking. It's, yes, it's so, and like, she's kind of right. Like, it's kind of proven. Like, look at her. Well, she doesn't even have a life. So, like, <laughs> she dead. She dead big time. And then look at her sister. That's no fucking life. She's been, you know, holed away for the whole time. Yeah, like, it's, it is so heartbreaking. But I think, again, it just adds this richness to these characters where at this, like, I love a character that we don't like. And then by the end, you can't help but like. Like, it's done so well. And then, as we've talked about so many times on this podcast, if we like a character, we're afraid for them. Yeah. And so, by the end, when the two sisters are facing off a horde of fucking supernatural murderers, you are terrified because, fuck, I like them now. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to. I tell you what, the one thing watching it when I was like, oh, they're, they're going through it. it. wasn't any of the murderers. It was when they had to possibly climb out through a toilet. That, oh, was, <laughs> yeah. that was a bridge pretty far. Shawshank, baby. Oh. A camp toilet as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's oof. real drop. Rough. Well, we talked about camp food. That's the plumbing. <laughs> well, the idea that there's a scene in it where a girl is tricked into going into those drop toilets oh, to hmm. make out with a boy. Yeah. I can't think of anywhere worse oh, that's to have sex. That's the primetime spot, mate, on, that's the, a on that camp. Spot. <laughs> if that's the oh. primetime spot, imagine the rest of the camp. Like, Jesus oh, Christ. Shit. <laughs> 
<laughs> might as well just go in the fucking tunnels and go for it. Like, who are you kidding at that stage? Absolutely. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yep. All right, guys. Did our characters act wisely or foolishly? They do pretty good again. Like, yep. similar to the first movie, they make, they make mistakes early. Mm. But also, at the same time, what are they supposed to do? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like I mentioned before. They they literally kill um, Tommy twice, and it doesn't matter. Like he's he's gonna kick. He literally decapitate him at one point. Yeah. So whatever. He's still gonna be inevitably come bag face. Yeah. Which that was a very good. I was I was I don't know about you guys. I was waiting the whole movie for when he's gonna gain the sack over his face. Yeah. Yep. And it, uh, that was a it great was good. scene. I quite enjoyed that. Yeah. <laughs> You're right though. It's inevitable. It's got this mm. just feeling of inevitability. Like especially being the second installment and set in the past. It's like well. When it comes to us, what what would we do? What can you mm. do? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Be born in Sunnyvale. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do they mention people trying to leave? Like, do they basically get stopped from leaving? Well, like Sam leaves in the first one. Yeah. Because yep. remember, that's why they've got a bit of a tiff going on yeah. between the two of them. But yeah, I don't know what the circumstance... I think she must have married... Her mum or whatever must have married into Sunnyvale. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a case of you can't get out. I imagine it's less mm. a supernatural force blocking you and more of like a, oh you live there you don't have enough money to actually move anywhere anyway it's just like yeah. life yeah. factors like that probably right it's uh sean the the thing about shady side is and to quote um liam neeson in uh, batman begins the real monster is economic <laughs> <laughs> so i think i think the, the force that that i guess is stopping them from leaving though is the fact that there's not enough money mm. And also, to a degree, there is a supernatural curse on the town. Right. So right. it's the combination of the supernatural curse manifesting itself into inequality and my parents don't have jobs and mm. we have to go to this shitty summer camp and, you know, I spent saved up for weeks to buy one polo shirt yep. <laughs> so I could fit in. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another thing this movie does really well is set up and payoffs. Yeah. Like... Across the whole trilogy, for sure. But like this this movie in particular, I, I kind of, when we were watching it, there were so many things that I'm like, there's so many callbacks to things that happened in the first half that you're like, oh, yep, whatever, that's just a detail of the movie. And then it ties back in later on. 
Like, I actually think it's a bit of a masterclass in that regard because it's something that feels like it should be easy, but is often missed, I think, in, you know, good storytelling. Like, the ultimate example of good setup and payoff is actually uh, Home Alone, where if, like, literally in one of my classes, I made my students watch a little bit over the first act of Home Alone and count how many setups there are for something that's going to happen on happen later on. Yep. And there's literally hundreds, like hundreds. Jesus. Almost ev- every beat is basically a setup to something later on wow. to pay off later. Yeah, it's insane. You should uh, do that yourselves if you have the, if you have the time and inkling. <laughs> um, but yeah, watching this, I kind of felt the same thing. There's a lot of stuff that you just go, yep, cool. That's just a detail about the story. And then ultimately, no, it gets ends up getting paid off later on. Whether it's the moss, whether it is that they go back to the toilets, whether it is like the location of the the tunnels, all this sort of stuff. Like there's enough in there that when it comes through, you're like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm willing to go along because the setup's actually been done yeah. fairly well that I don't even question yeah. it. Which for a movie like this, that's like, you know, it's it's got a spooky mystical book. It's got a witch from the past. Like there's enough there to take you out of the movie and, and sort of get that removal. But a good setup basically in, ensures that that doesn't happen because you're like, nope. The rules have been set up for this world. I am on the train. I'm not getting yeah. off. Even even the really nice little bit really early on in the film where the nurse tries to kill Tommy mm. and we assume, oh, well, because she's nuts because her daughter got yes. killed. Maybe right. maybe she's now got the, the thing. Yeah, she's her- the mum of Ruby Lane. Of course she's fucking yeah. crazy. Yeah. No, no. She genuinely, she was the hero. If she yes. succeeds yeah, yeah, yeah. in that moment, maybe nothing bad happens. Yeah, and I love that setup too because- it took me maybe a little bit, but it didn't take too long, I think, until we realized, oh, no, she knows something that we don't. Mm. Fuck. Tommy is like, even though he's cool right now, and then sure enough, soon he starts getting headaches or whatever, and you're yeah. like, it's only a matter of time. Again, that inevitability of this whole thing kicks in before it even starts, and like the dread is starting to build. It's it's the beat where when they're deciding to go investigate the woods, and as they're leaving, he just chucks on that flannel. Yes. Like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's the lot. They that's him kicking his his own stones over. <laughs> right, yeah. he might as yeah. well pick up the fucking sack and pop it on at that point. Because yeah. yeah, it's happening. That's another wild thing about the camps is that the nurse is like the only adult there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> These places baffle me. Yeah, well, they I are assume, honestly. Crazy. I assume they're not like that now, but I, it's the seventies, no. man. <laughs> Doctors <laughs> were telling you to smoke cigarettes to get healthy. Right, I guess. right. I don't yeah, know. yeah. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if the yeah. 70s or when smoking was still <laughs> as being good. <laughs> Probably. Um, one thing I liked towards the end of this film too is that it, when it cut back to the present or to 1994 yeah. with Dina and she learned that new information and then I thought that was going to be the drive into the next yes. film, but she just went and like solved it straight away and it kicked her on to the next yeah. thing. Yeah. Like it moved so yes, quickly. it really did. It really did. Like, yeah, so she got the hand... From underneath the tree, immediately went back to the Seraphir's bones. Yeah, threw it in there, started bleeding on them, and we're all, like, it's yeah, it's yeah. so fast paced. Like you kind of, you almost naively look at that and go like, oh cool, so so we're done, we're okay, she's done it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Forget, forget about that third film, we've, we've done this. We were good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, I've got one more thing for not smart. So Alice and um, Cindy, they're in the tunnels. They see a big fucking disgusting beating heart. That yeah. looks rank as shit. And then Alice touches it immediately. Just immediately puts her whole hand. I just thought, what the fuck are you doing? Foolish. 
just so foolish. Like I yeah. can't I can't imagine everything that had happened to them at that point. And she thinks, I'll touch the heart. That's the 70s, man. <laughs> She's also done a fair bit. Right. Of she was high as a kite. So that's a, that's actually a very good point. Yeah. One more thing on the Alice. I guess this really relates more back to where we scared, but Sean, I actually wrote down a line that you said during the film. <laughs> I her foot or ankle or whatever it was that she'd fucking smashed. And then when they're trying to climb out of the, the toilet and she comes back down, lands on it for a second time. Yeah. And you said, just kill her. I don't want to look at it again. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, I stand by that. Yeah, it's, have, it's having an effect when you're just like, oh, fucking just kill her yeah, already. I can't deal with it. That's a warning for both of you. You don't ever fall over anywhere. Yeah, yeah no, don't. The other, the other sort of setup and payoff thing, mm. Damo, is you get a, set, a thing that's set up in the first movie that is paid off here in that you meet young Nick Good, the sheriff. Great call, And yeah. so you get an explanation as to the note it's happening again. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he was there, you know, during the sort of the good old days. And you have to, you basically then spend the rest of the movie being like, that was so close. Yes. Yeah. What, what caused the divide? And you get a, you get a bit of an answer in this movie. And mm. he's just from Sunnyvale. His dad is expecting him to take up his role as sheriff. Yeah. I love that. I love that someone refers to him in dialogue as, ah, oh, there's the future sheriff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just in case you were wondering. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it does well to make him. Uh, quite likable. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, arguably, maybe a little too likable because I think, mm. Sean, by the end of it, you're like, oh, I don't know about this guy. I don't know about this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we know that he ends up being a cop and, boys, this podcast, ACAB. So... Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> except Keanu in speed, Tom. Yeah, except Keanu in speed. If they're wearing three layers of, of upper clothing, they're okay. Yeah. <laughs> if their entire role as a police officer is to make a bus that cannot slow down go fast... 10 out of 10. They're okay. (laughs) But yeah, so basically you know that he ends up being a guy who didn't really help anyone and Mm. you can't really tell. Like Even in present day, while he is helpful and he kind of believes them and he seems to actively want to help Dean. Yeah, for sure. He's also still like a bit of a dick. Mm. And so you're like, well, why did you leave C. Berman by herself for years? Right. You know? Right. Like- He's the sheriff. He's and you get that that kind of heartbreaking bit at the end when the cop asks him, "Well, what happened, man?" And he just says, "You know, Berman's been like the witch. The curse is real." And he's like, "Tommy Slater killed everybody." Because yeah. what else is he supposed to say? Yeah. He's a yeah. kid. Like, oh yeah, it was a witch. Right, right. No one else saw that. No one else saw any of that. And you ca- like as a you can't explain that to a th- nah. like authority figures. Yeah, mm. except for the detail. Who? Which one of you picked this? Where only shady siders were getting killed. Oh yeah, I think it was you, Sean. Yeah, yeah, which was a yeah. great call because I hadn't picked on it. But literally, like once you notice that, he's the killer's basically all but walking past the sunny side, the sunny. Yeah, like doesn't even see them. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is great because, like, arguably, you can be like, "Yeah, this is a fucking curse." Are you kidding me? Like, literally, every yeah. person who gets killed is from shady side. Come on, guys, yeah. get with it. It's just them shady siders that suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, boys. How would we do? So for the first one, we pretty much said we would be dead immediately. I think it's the same. Yeah, yeah. I'd be dead immediately because I haven't shit right for fucking four weeks. True. <laughs> You're already dead just from the food. But also, so there's either that or the alternative is we're in the 70s, we're all wearing fun short shorts and people having sex listening to Cherry Bomb. I'm dead because I'm li- listening to Cherry Bomb and having sex. Yeah. Or just wearing short shorts and admiring myself. <laughs> I don't know. I'm dead. All I know is that I am too distracted by... Being horny, being in the 70s. Yeah, I would like to be dead before we get into the field at the end and there's the, the ring of monsters. Sure. Because if I see that boy with the bat, uh, I would... 
I'd shit myself and die in the field. Shit, vomit, die, all of it. Everything would be happening. Yeah. 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 Maybe you'd freak the boy out <laughs> because you're just exploding from every end. He would not care. <laughs> <laughs> it would bring him great joy. Yeah. He would pull my kidneys out and oh. hit a home run with them. Oh, boy with a bat. What a cunt. Yeah. Oh. oh, he's the biggest cunt. <laughs> I just think we're probably in trouble. And also, just based on the laws of this film, mm. the three of us are investigating this, but one of us probably becomes the sack face man, right? Right. Okay. Probably. Yes, I hadn't even considered that. So I think we're already in trouble mm. because this thing goes after people from Shady Side. And as we've established, we're not going to that 14K a day camp in <laughs> Switzerland. No, no. No, no, no. We're in heavyweights, boys. We're in heavyweights. Let's be <laughs> Yeah, so I think let's let's just wrap this one up quickly in that we would without a doubt be dead. That's yeah. so in the first one we said, let's say we're the mystery people behind the email the messages on the chat room or whatever it was. Oh yeah. So for this one, fuck, I don't know, maybe we're the Ambo people who come at the end. Like we're just not involved, basically, because if we are we're either the murderers or we're the ones getting murdered. That's just fact, as far as I'm concerned. If we, if we, if we manage to survive long enough mm. to be trapped in those caves and the option was climb through this toilet, I'd just be go back and throw my whole body on the big heart. <laughs> just give in. Yeah. And you would be wise. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how anybody can choose to fight. Like this, <laughs> this is like, you know, when you watch The Matrix and everyone's shit scared of, of the agents. Right. Like that's the same here. Mm. If I hear that bat tap on the ground... Oh. You're dead already. Yeah. You can run. It won't matter. Lie down. Wait for him to come. Yeah. Boys, look, I'm just going to say it. I'm Sackman because I didn't even get possessed. I just went, I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) Do I die? Not cool. Yeah, I'll do it. Fuck, you do look good in the flannel too. Oh, yeah. Ah, damn, Tommy. And Sean will probably break his foot and then be like, kill me. I can't look at this anymore. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Uh, well, I like the idea that in 1994, that means that Dino goes to your house, but there's nobody there because you died in 1978. <laughs> now, Damo, you have to survive. Oh, so I'm Seabird. Yeah, so you get licked and stabbed, oh, and you somehow oh, survive. Licking. You and I both get stabbed, basically. Oh, yeah. You save your, you sacrifice yourself for me, buddy. Well, not really. I think I. My head gets caved in by a baseball bat, right. and I'm just like, I can't look at this. Finish me. <laughs> well, that is all the scary talk we have for this episode. I've been Damien. I've been Sean. I've been Tom. And if you scary listeners would like to email us, you can do so by emailing threescaredboys at gmail.com. You can say hello. You can suggest some movies. You can give us some scary stories. Any of the stuff. Just do some good stuff. Don't give us scary stories. Give us pleasant stories. We should. We, we need to start a new like uh, bonus episode where we just tell nice stories. Tell us about <laughs> the best picnic you ever had. <laughs> mm. What's your perfect Sunday? <laughs> what was your first Paddington watch, and uh, how much did you love it? <laughs> Have you been to the fourteen thousand dollars summer camp? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah. Tell us about your summer camps. <laughs> Especially if they were cookers. If they were cookers, I genuinely want to know. Yeah. Not just America, everywhere. I want to hear about them. Yeah. What are they? Cool. Well, you can do that at uh, yeah, 3 boys at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at scaredyboys or individually I'm at Midday Pajamas. I'm at Carney from 55. I'm at Awkward Trade. Stay scared, everyone. Just kill her. I don't want to look at it again. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.